welcome to the Original Content Podcast. I'm Anthony Ha. I'm Jordan Crook. And I'm Daryl Etherington. Every week we review a new streaming show or movie. This week we are going to be talking about Chippendale Rescue Rangers on Disney+, Plus, which, just judging from the title alone, um, seems like it might be a little bit strange for a a bunch of uh, podcasters in their 30s to be talking about although maybe actually it's perfect because it's 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 such a nostalgia thing but actually i would say that it is more of an adult aimed movie than i was realizing yeah Yeah. right it feels almost exclusively aimed for i mean i don't know because i don't have like a a five-year-old running around to test it out on but like i just feel like so much would be lost on them and it would actually be like pretty not like in the way that Pixar does it, where like there are certain jokes that are lost on the kid right? and are there for the adult, but like the it's mostly for the kid and the kid gets like 100% enjoyment out of it. I feel like the kid would get like 40% enjoyment out of this. Yeah, 40? I mean, 40 would Maybe be charitable. Well, oh, you think it so? depends. <laughs> I don't know. It depends, I guess, on the age <laughs> of lost. the kid. and Because like, I feel like it's a fine in the way of like, well, this is a visual... This is just something kids can look at and be like, great. And then sometimes there's funny voices in it, whatever. But I feel like if you were in that medium zone, you would be like, there would just be so many questions for like a, yeah. maybe eight to 11 year old. I don't know how kids work. Right. Yeah. Right at the point where you kind of actually want to try to understand the jokes and the plot. And yeah. The yeah. Plot. But um, I feel like as a kid, I would watch shows that I didn't understand. Like I, I watched Friends at a pretty young age and there were mm-hmm. lots of jokes I didn't yeah. understand. I watched Twin Peaks as a child. Whoa. Okay. No, no, I'm joking. Okay. <laughs> but you just like contextually kind of like get it, but it almost feels extra hard with this because all almost all the jokes are referential. So yeah. like, you know, when you don't get the reference, it's like, is it still funny? And we have no way of knowing that. The three of us are like the worst test groups for that because we in get all the references. references. Yeah. yeah. So, so let's stipulate that, yes, if, if you're trying to figure out if this is a good movie to watch with your kids, we have no idea. Like, But we guess no. <laughs> Probably but it's not, not. I think it's it's not, it's a no risk. Like, it's not like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like you shouldn't watch this with your kids because they're going to grow up to think that bad things are good or something. But like. Yeah. They might just get bored or. They might just might not value wander, it. Wander away. Mm-hmm. You never know. Yeah. With kids, you never know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys watch the Rescue Rangers show growing up? Oh, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Chip and Dale. <laughs> Rescue Rangers. Yeah. I remember that and literally nothing else about the show. Like when they I had clips of the show, it. I was like, Meh. Yeah, when they had clips in the movie, I also didn't remember. I was like, oh, yeah. What the hell did they get up to? I guess that was a caper every time or something. But... I feel like they were always in, like, am I wrong that they were in? like Australia or New Zealand or something. And they were always like by a river with like a mountain. That seems wrong. That's <laughs> wrong. I don't know. Yeah. So my memory of it is also faint, I guess. And I tend to mix it up with Rescuers Down Under, which I watched a million times. Mm-hmm. It's like one oh, of my favorites. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I actually, just to like crystallize how stupid kids are, or maybe just how stupid I was as a kid, am still maybe, I don't know. Uh, I remember Rescuers Down Under was coming on the Disney Channel and being aired. And I asked my dad if I could watch it, even though I knew it was coming on late. And I said, it's on at 8 p.m., 7 p.m. Central, which means it starts at 7 and it only runs for an hour. 
And he was like, it only runs for an hour, eh? I was like, yeah, 7 to 8 p.m. Like, it's the center of the 8 p.m., oh, 7 p.m. I see. Time slot. That's how I like. At least you were trying to interpret it. I was, again, I'm always looking at the context. I didn't understand time zones at the time. Yeah. Anyway. I'm looking at the Wikipedia because I was curious about, they were talking about in the thing about how it was three seasons, like they referenced that. And I was like, what was it? It seemed like so much longer than that. But it turns out season one was 13 episodes. Season two was 47 episodes. And then season three was five episodes. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) man that is erratic um yeah yeah i feel like it was longer than that too although now that you say it's like a total of whatever 70 episodes that makes more sense yeah um and i think my understanding is that you know kids animated shows of that era which are basically made to air on weekday afternoons right so that's like five episodes a week is they would just basically try to crank out as many episodes as they could in like a year or two and then they would just like play those forever you could just like you'd have like enough you could just shuffle them and kids would just watch them forever yeah yeah it seems like a good business like kids for sure cartoonery you know what i mean because like especially when they were looking at all the different cartoon types toward the end of the movie and they were showing all the different animation styles like i was like only like three of these are any good. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, they're just like, you know, blocks and shapes and shit, but you just like throw them up there and you give them a little voice and like, you're good to go. I mean, I think you've effectively described like YouTube, now. like kids YouTube basically figured out that f- secret and then just went for lowest common denominator for the most like part. Like a catchy song and then you're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. And like flashy Hugo. colors. Richard's son, Hugo, is like, will literally go apeshit for it. He's like, put on this, put on this. <laughs> so as you may have gathered, uh, this is a movie that kind of mixes up, remixes kind of a lot of different animation styles and live action. Uh, the conceit, and, and a lot of people have sort of described this, and including the filmmakers, they've sort of described this as kind of, a successor to Who Framed Roger Rabbit um, and the Mm -hmm. idea that um, essentially animated characters are quote unquote real in this world and they are, you know, TV and movie stars. And so Chip and Dale are real chipmunks. They're actors. Right. But they were actors in this show, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. And and this is, that is essentially the same show that we watched as kids in the early nineties. And now you know, 30 years have passed and uh, they've gone their separate ways. Uh, one of them, I can never tell which is Chip and which is Dale. Okay, so Dale is the one who's played by Andy Samberg and he has upgraded himself to uh, 3D, 3D computer an- animation. Yeah. CGI. CG yeah. surgery, yeah. Chip is still, uh, you know, traditional hand-drawn animation style and they're sort of pulled into this mystery that is, you know, extremely meta i would say yes yes and there's like claymation and there's live action people and And it also has uh roger rabbit actually appears in it too right i mean that the the cameos yeah and the cameos are kind of like a big part of the whole thing and what's interesting about it is that the cameos are not just from disney they have a lot from dreamworks they have a lot that was the biggest thing i was wondering it was like how did this movie get made when you have like 
a South Park character and you have like Disney and DreamWorks and like what seem to be other Netflix. networks too. They have right? some original animated characters from Netflix in this as well. And I was like, how did they, what was the deal with that? Was that like a group licensing thing or what did they just pay a lot to have this made? I mean, it feels like a pretty big budget film considering it doesn't look like the biggest budget film in the world. <laughs> I, yeah, I assume that a lot of the budget went to basically licensing. just getting the rights Yeah, to, to licensing. Um, although... There might have been a lot of in-kind. You never know, like, if it... Because, okay, the budget for this was roughly $70 million, which is not huge, but is big for what is essentially like... What it is. What would have been a direct-to-DVD movie at one point, right? right. Well, and one thing to notice that i think that most of the really recognizable characters who are not disney characters who are not chippendale characters um are they just appear for a couple of seconds at a time it's more like a, a nudge yeah. nudge wink wink yeah. um i mean probably the the most prominent most non -Disney character is uh is ugly sonic he's great played by tim robinson but otherwise it's yes. yeah they just sort of like go across the background and then they kind of disappear and then the a lot of the main characters like for example, this uh, like like uh, there's a Muppet like called Bjornson the Cheesemonger. There's like a Viking dwarf. All of those are I think not the characters from that that specific characters from other studios, but rather right. kind of inspired by. That's what I was like, kind of trying to place that like the, the Seth Rogen voiced Bob the Warrior Viking, and then also the. Um, yeah, Bjornson felt like Muppetsy, but I was like, is it? actually muppets or not and then and then jimmy the polar bear too who i think is the coca-cola yeah it feels like the coca-cola polar, polar bear, bear right yeah but like not quite but yeah it was kind of funny to have them have their own kind of knockoff characters in this one that's a central <laughs> plot point as well um but yeah i mean yeah it was it was kind of like uh Oh, Ready Player One in a, in like the density and level of cameos, but also like enjoyable. And because they pulled off the the cross studio thing, like way more fun than just like oh, it's everything All that Disney you own the license to or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah, um, I think I mean, it had that, to have that. It had to. It, this movie makes, wouldn't have been a movie without that. It would have been. No, it's what makes the whole like you able to buy into like oh, these are real people, right? Like real things that have jobs and feel sad about their shows and all of those things if you only have disney then you're like not ever really brought all the way into it i think yeah right which i've heard is i have not watched the new space jam movie but i've heard a lot of people feel like which but it has this sort of like similar mashup i think effect mm. um and i think from what i understand it's just not as good as this but also there because it's all just warner brothers stuff it feels much more like hey here's an ad for a bunch of other things on hbo right. max Right. Yeah, which this sort of feels like, but in a in a fun way. But but before, because you mentioned, I think before we get off this specific topic, like the you mentioned the Tim Robinson voiced Ugly Song, yes. easily the highlight for me of this whole thing. And oh really? Once I realized it was Tim Robinson, I was like, this is so so good, and they let him be himself in key ways too so it felt like i don't know who tim robinson is Are you guys talking about i think the you should leave famous the star and creator player? of i think you should leave that sketch oh, yeah. show on netflix i thought you yeah. were telling me that i should leave were you doing both <laughs> no I oh i would have given you kudos for that that would have been clever 
um yeah okay i i thought ugly sonic was funny i just thought like the whole the whole meta concept of like bootlegs and reboots and you know sweet pete i won't say any more about that but like all of those things the uncanny valley right like that that is really what made the whole thing for me was just yeah always getting those kind of like self-referential metal meta vibes throughout those are the best jokes too other than the rap i stand by the fact that the rap was the highlight for me i was like cackling laughing yeah that was very good that felt like it's tough with animation (laughs) to do um like sort of improv stuff that you figure Andy Samberg and John Mulaney would probably enjoy and be quite good at. But I feel like that moment was probably something they let them <laughs> freestyle and then go back, went back and like, I'm just laughing thinking it. about it. Yeah. It's very good. It also just goes on for so long. And yes. that's part of, I mean, probably not actually, but like for, for, a, you know, a fairly short movie where like most stuff just kind of is so rapid fire that they spend several minutes on this dumb rap is really great. Yeah. yeah, and they segue in and out of it, too. Sometimes stuff like that can feel abrupt, but they do a good job of, like, pulling you into it and then ushering you out of yeah. the rap. And this, like, another thing to mention about this is it has, like, it has all the um, animated kind of cameos, but it also has a bunch of, like, the voice actors are also cameos a lot yes. of them. And that Seth is Rogen, in particular, was, yeah. like, one of my fave But even beyond the main... Because he's a primary character, but stuff like like David Tennant is a voice in it, and he oh, really? plays Scrooge McDuck. Like, who, who would ever have known that he was the voice of the Scro- the brief Scrooge McDuck cameo? <laughs> I don't remember that at all. Uh, well, I guess it's because he plays Scrooge in the uh, the new Ducktales series, so that is a little bit of oh, a, okay. It's not like out, completely out of. I didn't know. Yeah, that. I had no idea he was in he was in this too. And Paul Abdul plays the three D reporter. What's <laughs> going on? Paul Abdul has been in so many things recently Uh, but it's it probably was really easy like considering like this script I feel like just screams to an actor like you're gonna get paid for spending three days doing something pretty fun with a group of pretty fun people like it just it probably wasn't hard to just keep it going like oh yeah it's only like you know 15 lines but like we'll pay you well and It'll be fun. It's a funny movie, you know? Yeah. Well, they probably just went into their local studio and recorded the thing. They probably didn't even... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys like the movie overall? I liked it. I think uh, I, I think I had heard a lot of people saying like, oh, it's like, it's like way better than you expect. So I was, I kind of had my uh, expectations like inflated that way. Like at first they were nothing. And then I heard a bunch of people like, oh, it's good. And then... I was like, oh, it must be really good. And then it was like, oh, no, no, that was fun. But like, it wasn't as good as I had come to expect from everybody saying that. So it was a bit of a a boomerang effect, I guess, or inertia or something. But yeah. it's fine. I think it was I think it was very entertaining. It didn't feel like it felt quick. It felt like it went, but I don't know what the runtime was. It, but it, it is felt... quick. It's like 121 or 124 or something. It's not like too bad, I don't think. Um, yeah, yeah I, I like would never i didn't know it existed and i never would have watched it and even if we weren't doing it for the podcast and you both watched it and you both said it was awesome i still wouldn't have watched it Mm -hmm. but i didn't hate it 
And I, I did sit around being like, I have other things that I wish I could do right now with this time. But then it like pulled me in and I like found myself mostly enjoying it. And I have a rule sometimes, like it depends on the content, but like you either always pause and you don't miss a single second or you never pause. There's no like in between where you sometimes pause. And this was a never pause to like get the Amazon package or whatever. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I, that helped, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I agree with Daryl that it maybe like, like the fact that it has this sort of buzz is like, oh, this is actually like a, a, a pretty good movie. Um, I mean, I think it is a pretty good movie, but, or I think some, there's some like, you might set your expectations even higher than that. And you probably should like, it's good. It's funny. You'll have a good time. Um, one thing I noticed is that I watched it last, you know, this past weekend and, you know, really enjoyed it. And even just trying, like preparing for this episode, like trying to remember what happened. I was like, Oh yeah. Like so much of this movie in the span of like six days is just gone from my yeah, mind. Yeah. yeah. Plot wise. I mean, the plot is kind of like a hanger for all the, everything else that's going on. Not that it's like, bad it's just it's just slim it's like okay there's a you know this is what happens it's all that it, it doesn't overcomplicate itself it's like you know pretty bare bones but i think what it needs to be so i think the end in particular feels like they just kind of like well we need some sort of like big actiony ending and so here it yeah. is and it's not it, it's a little bit uh tedious yeah but it's good. You should watch it. Ugly Sonic is great. Uh, as yeah. I think Daryl mentioned, John Mulaney is Chip, and and that's fun. Although I guess also uh, I, I watched this shortly after, I think. Um, there was uh, some stuff about John Mulaney on Twitter that made me feel less excited to see him. What? Um, Again? It was specifically about him like basically surprising audiences at his show by like inviting Dave Ch Chappelle on oh, stage. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave yeah. Chappelle doing his usual anti-trans stick and then John Mulaney giving him a big hug and people were kind of like this. I mean, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world, but eh, it doesn't make you feel great about him. Yeah, I know. I was, I was wondering when this was actually... Like the Ugly Sonic thing is the only thing that put a time on it for me of like when it would have had to have been created because i was like did they shelf this for a while while Mulaney was kind of sorting stuff out and was a little bit partially canceled but um i don't know if that if they would have bothered with that it seems like it's pretty contemporary right i mean another thing that people sometimes bring up about modern animated movies is the this need to sort of pack it with uh recognizable stars in the voice cast whereas when you watched you know, say Beauty and the Beast uh, 30 years ago, that was all people who were career voice actors and, mm -hmm. and they weren't big stars in, in their own right. And this is definitely part of the more modern trend of, of most of the main cast is movie stars and you're supposed to kind of recognize their voices. Although yeah. from what I understand, there are people who are sort of more voice actors, um, like I guess the guy who played Lumiere and Beauty and the Beast, like that's the same voice in, in this movie. Right. And some of the cast members from the Chip and Dale show actually uh, reprise their roles here too. Yeah, that Tress McNeil or however you say her, her name, who is the voice of, I think both Chip and Dale in the original show, as well as the voice of Gadget, which, or the voice of Chip at least. But um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, 
pretty cool that they've mixed them all up in there. Like, it's good that they didn't just go all celebrities and they mm-hmm. instead included a bunch of people who actually have worked in the industry for a long time. And I deserve that recognition, I think. There was also there another celebrity one that's kind of unrecognizable is Eric Bana as Monterey Jack, which is another, like, okay, that's a good use of Eric Bana, I guess. <laughs> I definitely didn't write. I had. I was like, "Who is this incredibly Australian accent?" And I had to look it up while I was watching, and I did not yeah. recognize Eric Bana. That's a fun thing. Uh, is there anything else we want to talk about before we get into spoilers? Uh, no, I think that's it. I mean, yeah, definitely. Yeah, if watch you're it. leaving, like it's funny. You could watch it. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> it's it's worth watching. Maybe. Especially if you already have Disney Plus. I mean, don't go and sign up for Disney Plus for this. Yeah. Correct. And if you're like feeling nostalgic, I do feel like there's a bit of me that was like seeing all the characters and then hearing those same characters make funny 2021 adult jokes. Not like adult as in like dirty, but like clever. Um, and it was nice. So. Yeah. I guess one other thing I would say before spoilers is that when we talk about a movie like this and how referential it is, it can feel like just a nostalgia exercise, which on some level it is, but I think mm-hmm. it tries to resist that impulse a little bit and make fun of it and suggest that this sort of like constant reboot culture that we're living in now is not that great, right. but it's not really like, it's not like a satire with a lot of bite to it. It's just, you know, it, it, it tries not to be too terrible and nostalgic either. Right. But it's also very indulgent, right? And like, even when it'll acknowledge tropes it's like it also indulges in those tropes so it's a little bit like it's fine like whatever this stuff is dumb but also you love it so don't pretend you don't and then <laughs> the it reminded me like a, a bit of like the lego movies type thing and then also a bit of into the spider-verse but like a less sincere version of that uh but yeah i think good still watch yes All right. Well, if you have not watched Chippendale Rescue Rangers, you should stop listening now. Um, I don't know that there's a ton of stuff to talk about in spoilers. We were sort of alluding to the villain who is called Sweet Pete. And later on, you discover that he is a grown-up version of Peter Pan, specifically the Disney version of of Peter Pan. Um, They do a really good job drawing him like that. He does look like if you took that Peter Pan and aged him up, but in exactly the same style, like hand-drawn, painstakingly frame-by-frame animation, but just gross and no longer an adolescent. (laughs) And voiced by Will Arnett. Yes, voiced by Will Arnett. Wait, which one was voiced by Will Arnett? Sweet Sweet Pete. Pete. Oh, really? I Mm -hmm. knew I recognized it, but I couldn't put my finger on it i was proud of myself for figuring out john mulaney which is probably the most obvious one right yeah and so obviously yeah i didn't i couldn't figure out who andy i knew i knew the voice but i was like i don't know who that took me a while to figure out andy sandberg for some reason too it's like feels i don't know it's such a generic voice maybe that's mean to andy sandberg but it's just like not john mulaney is like very distinct with the way he says things I, I guess, well, I mean, I knew going into it that it was Andy Samberg, but also it feels like this version of Dale is an extremely Andy Samberg character because he's like this kind of very 
puffing himself up like everything's great it's all good you know yeah. um like look at my amazing lifestyle kind of which i mean he's in some ways kind of similar to um this is uh i mean directed by akiva shaper who's like andy sandberg is part of the lonely island they also made pop star uh and which is a great movie, much better than this, to be honest. Um, yes, or, it is. Uh, uh, but he, it's sort of a similar kind of like, yeah, like look at my amazing life kind of character, and then you realize that his life is not that amazing. Yeah. Also, Jorma is in this too, just in case you wanted the whole Lonely Island trifecta. He plays um, Batman, among other people. In oh, really? this show, I think. <laughs> I knew he was in it. I didn't know who he played. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that I mean, that's the the big giveaway is who the villain. Like the big, the only really big spoiler thing I think is who the villain is, and then the rest is oh, and then also like the fact that uh, J.K. Simmons' character Captain Putty ends up being the the corrupt one. Although that's not really that big of a spoiler because they kind of give you a red herring faint that it's Kiki Lane uh, who is a human being in the show uh herself not she's not playing herself but she is a human actress and then um it turns out like actually it was the police chief who they suggest it should be and then they're like no that's too obvious like in the course of the fiction and then it is that right um but yeah voice great great voice acting by jk simmons jk simmons has a fantastic voice he's always gonna mm -hmm. be fun time so also just great claymation animation because it has really that good. slightly um you know it, it just looks very unreal and the motion doesn't isn't completely smooth so i think i i don't know if this is true but i think they actually did claymation it's not like cgi trying to i think replicate. you're right and they, i mean they did a fight scene with kiki lane and the which had claymation. to be so hard right so hard i was just and props to her too for that. like acting that there yeah. was one part where she like throws her head back from getting punched and i was like that was pretty fucking good yeah considering nothing punched you <laughs> yeah i think it's worth uh underlining that probably making this movie was especially on a 70 million dollar budget which is for a hollywood movie you know it's not a tiny indie project but it's not a giant budget either mm -hmm. um probably was insanely difficult because everything i've heard about the making of who framed roger rabbit which granted you know was 35 years ago and the technology has advanced since then but that it was that it was just like a complete nightmare to make and, and insanely difficult and i expect that this was as well just because once you come when you combine live action and animation to the extent that they did in this movie and you really sort of believe that they're occupying the same space even though it you know obviously look doesn't look realistic but like you have fight scenes between animated and live action characters and I, yeah i mean i think on a sort of technical level they they did an amazing job yeah i think so too i think it was really it, it yeah you didn't really question like oh yeah i guess all these things exist in the same physical space which was good right and only when it intentionally wanted to stand out did it which is kind of that uncanny valley thing but they still look rooted in the world it was just but that was also like like i think jordan mentioned that it was a highlight and it definitely was a highlight because when they had the characters that and we're talking about like that style and that era of like the early 2000s like teetering first steps into cg animation and you were like oh god i remember this and it does look so stupid and bad now <laughs> in retrospect but yeah the, the character also of sweet pete i think yeah that's just like a great idea the, yeah, the whole so idea great. that his, his crime is like doing these like knockoff versions of these characters seems 
I mean, it's fine. And like, it kind of is like a cool visual gag, but also seems a little bit weirdly like a kind of a weird message coming from a Disney movie where it's sort of like, yes, how dare you violate? Yeah. We are the one true holders of these we will and the true criminals are the ones, you know, in some other country, like making a knockoff version. We're like, ah, I mean, who cares? Yeah. They try well, it was I mean, in our they, own country though. I know. I think this that was their one out. attempt to like, let's not be out outright racist was like, well, this is actually happening onshore. So, okay. <laughs> right. There, there is a weird thing about that plot too, where, the first time you go into um, the 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 sort of hideout of the villains, um, I mean, it's, it's it's basically empty. Although then I forget exactly even how this happens, um, but Chip somehow ac- accidentally activate the machine accidentally, and Chip's uh, ear is replaced by a, a Snoopy ear. Yeah. But um, but then like it's sort of strange that then they just go back for the finale. They just go back to the same warehouse. <laughs> And have another right. action scene there, and it sort of feels a little bit lazy and anticlimactic. Hey, that budget is only going to go so far. They built, they did it all in one day of recording or whatever. So. And they had to, they built a, a giant bootleg conversion machine. They might as yeah. well get as much mileage out of it as they can. Yeah, for sure. Before they had to blow it up, like, they only get the one chance at that. They're not going to rebuild the whole thing, right? Uh, I just noticed too just like before i forget to mention it the roger rabbit guest spot was actually voiced by the real voice actor for the original roger rabbit too so that's kind of neat what's roger rabbit that's warner brothers right no that was a good question i thought it was disney i want to say Hmm. um let me see here yeah it was a disney film oh okay but again i mean it has uh warner brothers character animated characters in it and yeah Apparently that was like a, a crazy amount also just of like negotiations on the back end of like, okay, well, like, you know, Bugs Bunny can be in this movie, but then he has to appear first. Or I, th- I think there's like a whole thing, like where at the end, like one character gets the final line, who's like a Disney character. And then the other one is the last one on screen or vice versa. But like, oh wow, there's like they all really these like crazy, you know, like who is the real star of this movie negotiations for, <laughs> for IP. <laughs> and That's I imagine intense. some of that went down here too. Yeah. Um, also uh, Paul Rudd's cameo was pretty good. Eh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fine. It, it was fine. Having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. It could and also because it but, took yeah. me by surprise um, that unlike yes. most like Marvel cameos nowadays, like this one, I like was totally unspoiled for. I was like, oh, that's that's really Paul Rudd. I liked Ant Man too. I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because we just had a discussion about about aunts aunt and aunt versus aunt, but yeah, I thought that too. It's funny how <laughs> life works, isn't it? <laughs> it is funny. Listeners, you don't know what we're talking about. Should we talk about <laughs> the whale rap some more, though? Because yeah, it's really let's talk all about I... the whale rap. Yeah, it's good. It's very good. It's so just electronic music DJ who gets the Disney Channel. Mm-hmm. It's great. Sure, whatever. Disney <laughs> Channel afternoon music remix that he's put together. And he's a huge Chippendale fan. And he asked them to rap over it and get a video of them. And chip absolutely refuses he's not going to be a part of it dale's like it's the only way we're going to get what we need so dale starts rapping and he says my name is dale and i don't eat whale why would you even ask if i eat whale once you rhyme dale and whale it's hard to think of anything else (laughs) 
whales are endangered. So I don't eat whale. And it just keeps going. And then you think when Chip comes on that he'll do something else. And Chip comes on. He says, my name is Chip and I don't eat whale. And once you get whale in your head, it's hard to not think of whales. And he starts rapping about whales. And the whole thing is a rap about how you shouldn't eat whale. Mm -hmm. And then it segues into them having like the ultimate jinx where they're just saying everything they like close the song together knowing what the other one's going to say and then they go on for another like 20 25 seconds saying the exact same thing until they lose it and it's just beautiful it's very good and especially this is one of the things they set up where where they're making the very meta jokes about like the film itself because they're like oh and then some the character has to rap in it in the in the new remakes or whatever and they're like we're not going to do that but then they do end up doing that and then the other joke like that that's very on the nose is the redoing the uh theme song by like oh, a modern that was pop one artist. of my favorites yeah they're like yeah. let's redo the theme song by modern pop artists in a really serious way even though everyone only wants to hear the original <laughs> and then they do it for the closing credits and it actually is a banger i loved it yeah yeah but it was, it was serious mm-hmm. yeah yeah but it was awesome it's good i mean but it is this thing of like trying to sort of have your cake and eat it too where they'll be like yeah you we all know like that the um you know when you reboot a disney property this is how you do it and then they do it but they do it in a funny way so you're like okay i guess that's clever but also you're still just doing the thing just because you made fun of it doesn't necessarily make it that much more creative but this whole thing felt like uh they get a pass because it seemed like there was just is like so purely for fun like it seems like there's it's like why did you even make this and the answer is seemingly for fun because it's a weird project overall and everyone just seems to be enjoying the fact that they were allowed to do it and i think that's like that's part of the main reason why i liked it like without that it loses a lot too right Mm -hmm. overall yeah i recommend it check it out you know Maybe yeah, your and uh, they should give Ugly Sonic his own spinoff. I think too. I, th- I want to see a whole. <laughs> I want to see a series. I want to see an original series that's just Ugly Sonic, voiced by Tim Robinson. <laughs> I liked Ugly Sonic at first, but I think there's an element of when it's Tim. Like I kind of wanted it to be like more Tim Robinson. Like part of the thing is like, he's mostly funny because you know, it's Tim Robinson and, and you're yeah. kind of like, Oh, he's, it's literally a Tim Robinson character as Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. But um, I almost wanted him to be like crazier and more Tim Robinson. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they probably uh, toned him down a bit. There's one part where he's doing, where he's yelling after them. But I forget what exactly he's doing, but I was like, that is, that feels like it could be a sketch on, I think you should leave or like the end of it. But yeah, if they do one and they just unbridle him and they just let him do a whole series, that'd be great. And also maybe it's not even the great. CG version. It's just him dressed up as ugly <laughs> <laughs> with face paint. Like that. Uh, yeah. The teeth though, the teeth zoom ins were really good. They kept <laughs> zooming in on the human teeth. Yeah. Yeah. I think most people probably know who Ugly Sonic is at this point, but if, if not, uh, it's basically the original design for Sonic the Hedgehog in the movie, which if you recall, there was this trailer that came out and everyone was incredibly horrified at how human looking he was. And so 
the in the final film they like reanimated him with the I mean I wouldn't even say it was that dramatically different a design but at least it it felt a little a little less unsettling but this goes back to the old design with yeah. the teeth the human teeth yeah the new design felt like sonic as a supersonic fan myself as someone who engages in all of the extended universe sonic <laughs> fan no not true <laughs> It's a weird. That's the weirdest fandom. I'm gonna say it. If Sonic fans are listening, I'm sorry. Wow. Fans of ugly Sonic. No, no, no. It's like Just general. Fans of Sonic in general. Yeah, I yeah. think so too. I remember being young and getting my first gaming console. My dad got me a Sega, and Sonic was like basically all you could play on Sega. And I asked him to go return it for a Super Nintendo. <laughs> That was a good choice. And I got a choice. Super Nintendo. That's and a good decision. Look at me now, crushing yeah. it in the game. That set the course of your life. Otherwise, you it would really be, did. I don't know, going to furry conventions. And, uh, yeah. I'm yeah. an expert on Call of Duty ranked. And <laughs> it all goes back to that Super Mario. Oh, my God. Final thoughts? No, I mean, it's good. I, I think that my biggest question mark for this is like, do they get away with a sequel? Do that they did they pull it off enough that people are like, you know what, make another one. Why not? It's really fun. <laughs> Was that ever a question? I don't think it needs a sequel. I don't think it needs one. I don't think it needs one. Either. I think that I would actually feel better. Well, I mean, you could sequel it and just keep the universe, right? Like reboot yeah. another old. They hinted at that hey, with Darkwing or something. <laughs> Darkwing Duck at the end, and they you, there's, yeah. they could also do Tailspin. There's a bunch of things they could do, but oh yeah, DuckTales. Tailspin. That's what I was no, trying to remember. Or Ducktales, or Tailspin. God. Tailspin. Or Ducktales. Wow, there were so many like there were so many. small rodent esque animals solve crime. Yeah, yeah the uh, the Disney rodent verse. <laughs> I mean, that's why cheese was such a big deal because there was yeah. a lot to work with there. I like the druggy cheese place too. The yeah, the like druggy cheese place is cool. Cheese, yeah. What did he say? I got smell lines that'll take yeah. you through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of good jokes in this. Uh, yeah. But my hope is not that uh, they make another Chippendale movie, but that Akiva Schaefer gets to make more movies. Because I think most yes. of his other movies before this have been not particularly successful at the box office so hopefully this like does well enough on disney plus that they're like yeah like go make some other weird movie i think his, yeah his talents are perfectly primed for like streaming exclusives they'll find their audience there and hopefully he gets to do a bunch more agree all right well if you have seen chip and dale rescue rangers and you have thoughts you want to share with us shoot us an email info at originalcontentpodcast.com that's info at originalcontentpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Original Content. And we always appreciate it when you leave us a positive review and subscribe in Apple Podcasts or the podcast app of your choice. Thank you so much for listening. Jordan and Daryl, I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Happy holiday weekend.